My gear stay solid, cause these ones wanna be let out. The second ain't a guide to me. Unified, we gotta be some hand in the wreck. I got your boy feeling wobbly. I'm an anarchist like Monkey D. Trying to burn down all the dragons, money trees. It's the type of shit heretics get stoned for. If he deserved to be a king, fuck, he need a throne for. Human capital, property of Concord. Comforted by the screams of the Mopor. You just better sit back and be a good German. Watch water siphon to the rich while the hood burning. Huh? Think the choir need a new sermon. I've been baptized in the fire at the book burning. Time to be what we was destined to be. I'm just trying to be the thing that they pretending to be. And that's solid. I'll do a little. I guess I'll we'll start it out. And that's solid. A little intro. Uh, and that's solid. Hi. <laughs> This is Ashita. I'm here with Ethereal. In this, uh, hello. In this like small time frame we have between both of our soul crushing uh, jobs, you know, allow, <laughs> allowing us a bit of free time, uh, we uh, we were gonna do the Jujutsu Kaisen episode this week as the series ended, but we had to uh, get a get a time frame that worked for everyone we have two guests and so we will be recording that later this week that should be up over the weekend early next week for you guys um tonight we're just going to do like a little filler episode and while nice I, little mini one yeah a little mini episode and while i get our main subject for tonight pulled up you said you wanted to touch on the uh, i believe it was the suez canal yeah so i just wanted to bring up how funny it is because I think it's one of those rare instances where you have something that's being memed on that is also costing the global elite, what was it, $1.9 billion an hour was the estimate that I saw. I don't know how accurate it, that is, so don't quote me on it. But you'll have to see that, folks. I don't even really know, like, any, like, I mean, I know I know all the shit that's online, but I don't even know, like, exactly, like, what's happening with, like, um, the ramifications of it. But, yeah, it's just it's just hilarious in the general well, I, sense. And it's and like you, it's it's great when, like, the, the thing that happens is so ridiculous that even normies are like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I think the big thing, is, it's not necessarily that dislodging the ship itself is what's costing so much money as much as it is that it's preventing other ships from being able to do what they need to be doing. And it's, so you basically have this massive buildup outside of the canal because they can't process their cargo properly. Yeah. I saw a tweet that said something like, uh, imagine being the first ship through after the the one that's there now gets moved finally and knowing that you have the opportunity to do the funniest thing in human history (laughs) (laughs) well and i saw that they briefly got it unstuck and then because of the i think it was the wind change they it got restuck again (laughs) it's just like a scene from like the simpsons or something like that where everyone's cheering and then it immediately just oh back back to all all right. Well, I have dropped a link in our little chat here for you. Okay, I've got the the test pulled up. All right. So what we're gonna do um, for everyone listening, what we're gonna do tonight is we're going to 
take the political compass test. What we'll do is we'll read the questions and then we'll kind of discuss what the question says and everything. And then we will, we will both make our selections. You know, um, most of our selections will probably be similar, maybe the same. Maybe there'll be a couple points where we have a little more longer discussion about it. But basically, um, the point here isn't so much to see what we get because this test is actually incredibly biased to lib left, which is where I believe we actually, both of us actually are anyway. You identify as, as libertarian left or author? I'm not quite sure. So I would assume as such, yeah. but I, I get the vibe that you're more uh, lib left than auth left. And I know that yeah. I identify as Yeah, very left. much so. Now that, I, now that I've said, oh, I don't know. Thinking about the alternative being authoritarian left, then yes, very much so. Yeah, so uh, the thing is, is that even, uh, like, full-on, like, not just, like, borderline MLs, but, like, who you'd call, like, a tanky could take Mm -hmm. this test, and they'll probably get lib left. So (laughs) we are, like, guaranteed to get lib left. So uh, it's more just to kind of... uh, discuss the questions and see where it takes us and everything and uh i mean i guess we could be surprised at the end maybe we're both like actually authoritarian capitalist or something who knows (laughs) (laughs) we've been marinating you this whole time all right this is actually a red pill podcast anyway continue (laughs) we we consider ourselves part of the manosphere (laughs) Uh, all right so the first question is if economic globalization is inevitable, it should primarily serve humanity rather the in, than the interests of transnational corporations. I mean, that's that's easily a strongly agree. Yeah, for strongly, me. strongly agree for sure. I don't think there's much to to get into Just on that one. That. Okay, so this next one is fun. I'd always support my country, whether it was right or wrong. Boy, that's a strongly disagree. I grew up in the Bush years, so... Man, I think that, like, I'm actually to the point now that I barely even support my country when it's right, so I'm definitely not going to support it. Yeah, it's it's weird. The only time I've ever felt any need to support the United States as a country is, you know, if there's an esports event and I like the people that are representing our country, I'm like, yeah, let's go, Team USA. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. That's been the only time. I've, I've watched videos of a couple of like famous right-wingers taking this test. And uh, they've actually answered agree on that, which is really crazy to me because it specifically uses the word wrong. And I always mm-hmm. assume that they just never thought America was wrong. Not that they actually were like, no, even when they're wrong. I mean, you know. Oh, no, they, they definitely believe. There's a lot of people out there that believe in blindly supporting something, whether it's wrong or right. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like, really. They, they view it as any form of self-criticism means you're tearing something down rather than it being a process of improving said thing. And it's really, I think they're full of shit. I think they're full of shit. I think that if our country was to go like, full communist tomorrow. I don't believe that like Michael Knowles and Ben Shapiro would just be like, Oh, well it's, it's America. You know, you got to support America. Now we're just, we're just communists <laughs> now. Like, hey, come on. That's not what's going to happen. But anyway, no. so, uh, the next one is no one chooses their country of birth. So it's foolish to be proud of it. See, now this one's a little bit more different to me because i'm kind of in a very neutral sense 
because I I personally wouldn't be proud of it, but I don't know if I would say if I would say someone else should be foolish for it. Yeah, I think that like uh, yeah, I'm gonna go weak disagree on that one because. Uh, or wait, wait, I'm sorry, weak agree on that one because uh, I I do get what it's like pointing at there. I think that I'm very in the middle, but I think I probably lean a little more agree on it. But like say you're from a country and you're living in another country. Like I'll put it this way. If I was to move out of Kansas city, I would be repping Kansas city wherever I was at. Like Mm -hmm. I would wear my KC hat and everything like that. Like I still have like a pride in like where I'm from. And so like, I could see why if you were like around people, not from where you was, you'd be like proud of being from Italy or wherever, you know what I mean? Like I could see Mm -hmm. that. So so I'll uh, I'll do a weak agree on it because I do I'm I'm mainly applying it to America and I do think it's weird like I'm you get what I'm saying? Yes. In that context I do agree. I I guess so from my perspective and I put a weak disagree okay. because again I'm also very neutral on it. But when I think of when someone comes to the United States they want to still show some of the pride for the country that they came from. I would be happy to be able to learn from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the pride necessarily, but the culture that comes from that pride. And you know what? I think I'm actually going to change my answer to your answer because I'm the way it's worded, uh, it's specifically saying that the reason you shouldn't be proud of it is because you didn't choose it. And I think there's other things besides that that you don't choose that I think it's fine to be proud of. So yeah, I think I'm going to lean more to weak disagree like you did because like such as, you know, like race and things like that, you know, it's not, you know, you know where that whole thing goes. You know, I mean, obviously I don't support like white pride movements, but I get the whole idea of taking pride in something, even if you didn't choose it, if it like affected your, uh, you know, situation or whatever you want to call it. Um, hopefully we are both answering the same on the next one. If you've, read ahead at all because it is our race has many superior qualities compared with other races and it's a strongly disagree on strong my disagree yeah. uh on of note is when i watched those right wingers take the test uh they all answered disagree on that one not strong disagree but weak disagree most of them but um <laughs> It kind Casual of, racism, not full racism. What really got me about it was the fact that they had to think about it. <laughs> they, they stopped and they're like, "Well, mm, I don't, I don't know." Like, okay. Oh, this is an interesting one. So the next one is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I personally am going to put an agree on that, but that also might just be my inner tactician speaking yeah i can see the tactical advantage of it but like i can also see a lot of situations in which that is not the way to go so i don't think about this so here's an example fascists hate capitalism too Mm -hmm. and like i would never want to like like uh so there's definitely like leftist strains like uh anarcho primitivists are a good example I do not agree with what they believe in, but I would side with them in certain cases where we have like similar uh, things we're working towards. But like if like the fascists were like, hey, anarchists and commies, let's raid the Capitol again. I'd be like, no, I think I'll wait for the next one, guys. (laughs) But I I think. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, it's definitely a case-by-case scenario. I think if it had the uh, designated 100% of the time, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I would definitely put disagree. But I just, my mind, I think overwhelmingly, if I have people that I can help work towards a goal and they are, you know, the enemy of my enemy, they're probably going to have somewhat similar... Yeah values as i do that's not always the case as the example that you gave yeah but that's where i still think it would outweigh the amount of times where it would be a negative instance i think so i'm i'm gonna stick with light disagree just because i think that the way i'm reading it is the way you're talking about but that might not necessarily be the way to read it but that's how it's reading to me is like always but mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm gonna go go with a soft disagree because i do I do agree with you that it's a, a tactical advantage, but I guess there's just certain situations that are making it hard for me to choose agree on that. All right, so this next one is is fun, I guess. Uh, military action that defies international law is sometimes justified. I'm interested in hearing how you're going to answer that before I tell you how I'm going to answer. Oh, this is an interesting question. Okay. So let me break it down and fully see everything that's here before I just blindly answer. So obviously, military action that defies international law is sometimes justified. I'm assuming when they say military action, that it's specifically referring to when a country of some sort uses their military to defy an international law. Yeah. And a perfect example of this would be, you know, the United States using certain types of gases in their riot dispel units. So in that kind of instance, I'm very much strongly disagree. I can't, but see, okay, here's the thing though. In that instance, now if we're reading the question of military action as a just point and blank violence yeah even then i'm still not sure that i agree with that statement so i think all around i'm still under a strongly disagree so funny enough i'm actually this might be a surprise it's probably a surprise to everyone who knows me but i'm actually going to answer that one strongly agree and the reason is all in the wording so uh it doesn't necessarily say that it means international law as it stands right now. It just says international law in general. And the fact that it says sometimes those two things make me think, uh, those kind of lead my brain to like, is there a situation where it's possible that the right thing to do would be to defy international law? And in that case, I would have to say strongly agree. Maybe I should do weak agree just because that's kind of a, borderline thing but i do agree with this statement because i just uh because it's not it being international law that makes it important to me i think that our international laws as they stand are pretty well-rounded but i could see a situation in which international law became very corrupted and that it might be justified to go against that's a good point i'm going to change mine with that thought process from a strongly disagree just to a soft disagree because i still think where it stands now i would definitely disagree but if there were the chance to augment the law into something that i disagreed with and military action was necessary again i would be on the same side as you but the way it reads for right now 
I'm going to just move mine down to disagree. So okay. I, I really like these questions because it's nice to pick each other's brains. Yeah. On. And there's a few of them. I've, I've seen them all. So I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I've done it. No, I haven't. This is very the, new to me. So there are a few that are worded horribly in my opinion, but we'll, we'll get to those. So um, the last question on this page is there is now a worrying fusion of information and entertainment. I strongly agree with that because immediately what I think of is something like Fox News. Man, see, the thing that's hard for me here is that I get a lot of my, I wouldn't say my news, but I watch a lot of the stuff that kind of is information and entertainment. I wouldn't say news. I don't really watch that stuff for current events, but a lot of like history and stuff I learn from like YouTube channels and shit like that. That's a good point. So I don't. I, I guess when I went to entertainment, I didn't think of, you know, online media, which is funny because that's probably the most prevalent way that entertainment is consumed now. My boomer mind just immediately went to like TV and radio for some reason. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, that's. Ooh, what do I? I think I'm gonna go soft disagree on that one. I, I am gonna change it from strongly agree to to soft agree because even though there is some good in there i still really worry about the way that a lot of information is put out to the public and it, like I, I mentioned fox news earlier but you could even say something like facebook and yeah. the way that they run ads to people specifically during political campaigns and how it can skew information like that so I'm actually going to change mine to soft agree too because of something because it says worrying. It doesn't say bad. It yes. doesn't say it's bad. It says it's it's worrisome, and and I can see that. I can see how this could get worse. So yeah, I think I'm actually going to go soft agree too. Sorry if you can uh, hear my cat munching. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. All the times my dogs have barked in the background of this. So uh, so everyone isn't just hearing my voice the whole time. You want to go ahead and read this next page. Sure. People are ultimately divided more by class than by nationality. Strongly agree. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that as well. <laughs> That's that Marxist shit right there. <laughs> so I, I feel like we, we've dived into that several times before. We don't really need to. Yeah, I, okay. I guess all I would put out there on that one is I feel like, uh, you know, there's definitely a difference between being poor in a rich company and being poor or country and being poor in a poor country. But I think that you still have a closer experience as two poor people than either of you do with the ultra wealthy of your particular nations. So mm -hmm. that's, I'll just throw that out there. Controlling inflation is more important than controlling unemployment. So I'm going to strongly disagree on that well man do i want strong i definitely disagree <laughs> i think that unemployment would be the more important one to have a hold on but i mean you also wouldn't want just like completely out of control inflation i suppose so here's where i'm coming from with this question in you know maybe 30 or 40 years what do we define as unemployment Assuming that, you know, the world hasn't blown itself up or burnt in a hellfire from an ecological disaster at that point. Um, anyway, 
So if we have completely turned a lot of our manual labor jobs into automation, do we consider those people as unemployed? Or at that point, have we worked to a society where we don't necessarily, those people can do other things and we're not as worried about an unemployment? So uh, in this one, I think I'm looking at more, not necessarily right now, but even at the very least, I, I, I'm, my mind is applying it to a capitalist society. But even if we weren't, even if, uh, if like, you know, in 30, 40 years, things had gotten much better, I think that even in a, uh, in a better system, we would want people to have things to do with their time besides just, like, sitting at home being atomized. So I think even then I would be – so here's my thing is that in that society – inflation is going to be a different thing too, right? So I, I think even then I would find unemployment to be more important to keep an eye on, even if it wouldn't be the life or death situation it would be right now. I agree. I just wanted to see what you would say. <laughs> right on. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do soft disagree. I'm actually like really close to strongly on that one, but I think that, I mean, so I said I agree. I mean, I agree with you in that I soft disagree on this question. I should specify. Yeah, I got that. I'm just my thing is that uh, the only reason I'm not clicking strongly disagree on it is just that I uh, there's I still see importance in mm -hmm. looking at inflation. So I'm going to do soft disagree as well. Because corporations cannot be trusted to voluntarily protect the environment, they require regulation. I personally strongly agree with that. I strongly agree with that as well. That was a fun one to watch right-wing people fucking fight within their fucking head, by the way. That was... <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is whenever I talk to someone who's a libertarian, this is always something that I come back to. And no offense to any potential libertarians who listen to our podcast. I don't know if there is anyone. I, I know there's at least one. I have a libertarian friend who listens to us. So. Okay, well come to the leftist side we have hammers and sickles <laughs> yeah, uh, when whenever libertarianism gets brought up this is something that i always want to point out a large part of the reason why we're in the environmental crisis that we're in right now is because we have unregulated corporations that are just ripping resources out of our earth and it's just destroying our environment and not even just that think about the safety precautions that go into your workforce and also into your food. If we don't have those kind of regulations and, you know, those kinds of companies can do whatever they want. I mean, yeah. Outside of like us becoming more cleanly, us like keeping things cleaned up just as a society, as a whole, I think that like regulations on food products are probably like the next most important thing extending mm -hmm. our life, our life expectancies. Like, <laughs> That's a major thing. Like, mm -hmm. All right. From each according to his ability to each according to his need is a fundamentally good idea. I strongly disagree because that's a fundamentally fan-fucking-tastic idea, and I'm offended by just this simple good here. What is this? No, I'm kidding. I strongly agree with that one. Yes, I, I do <laughs> as well. So... I, I, let me make sure that I'm reading into this statement correctly. For each according to his ability means doing to your ability to what you can 
to each according to his need is taking what you need. Yeah, that's actually a uh, that's actually a direct quote from Karl Marx. There, that one is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, the freer market, the freer the people. I strongly disagree with that statement myself. See, this one, this is another one I'm having a hard time with because the question is, what do we consider a free market? Because I know usually when people say that, they're like, they mean like, they mean not having any regulations. But to me, that's not actually a free market, right? That market isn't free at all because it's controlled by all the people with all the shit. I guess when I hear the term free market, I think of the traditional concept of like laissez-faire capitalism. Yeah, you know? but see, to me, that's just that's not actually a free market in my mind. So that's why that one gives me a hard time. But I know that the way the test is asking it is probably more along the lines of what you're saying. But I'm just uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do soft disagree because I know what they mean. But just you know you know I'm just being. But, no, I, I get where you're coming from because from an anarchist point of view, that question means something different than through the lens of a capitalist point of view. I mean, to go even farther than just what does free market mean, I mean, like, there's such a huge discussion on just what does market mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, very much so. So, like, but yeah, I'm, I'll do soft disagree on that one. It's a sad reflection on our society that something as basic as drinking water is now a bottled branded consumer product. Mm. See, that's another one where I like, I know what they, they're asking me there, but I'm just kind of, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not completely against the idea of like bottled water just existing. It's more the idea that like companies want to own all the water that I'm like concerned with. I mean, sometimes sure. you're out on there. I drive for a living. Like, I'm going to want access to bottled water sometimes. But, like, right. Yeah. So, I think for me on this question, what it comes down to, it's, it's asking for a specific resource that everyone needs. And it's not like, so if it was something where it said, you know, that something as basic as a soft drink is now a bottled branded consumer product. I would be a lot more hesitant, but since water is such an essential source that I, I think of Nestle, especially yeah. when we have so many droughts going on, meanwhile, they've got this huge, they don't have a monopoly on water, but they have such a large majority of the bottling operation going on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that my big, my, I think if they use the word necessary instead of basic, I'd be more where they want me to be at on this question. I'm going to do a soft agree on that one just because, like I said, like I understand, like, you know, when you buy a bottle of water, you know, you're not, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I want it to be something that's available, but like obviously in my ideal society, water would be free for everyone, no matter right. how, no matter where you got it. So I'm going to do soft agree on that one. Nice. So, Land shouldn't be a commodity to be bought and sold. On that one, I strongly agree. Yes. Absolutely. I am right there with you. And it's, it, it is an interesting question because then you, you know, you get, well, it, let me say it's not necessarily an interesting question, but it's more of where we're at now in our society with, the way land has been treated as a commodity. And I think that's part of why we're in such a bad state that we are. 
Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a weird one. So uh, one of the people I saw do this was Blair White. Are you familiar with who Blair White is? I am not. Okay, Blair White is a trans YouTuber mm-hmm. of the uh, of the highly conservative variety. She, okay. she's a, a fair she's very conservative um and uh when she did this question she disagreed because she wanted to be a homeowner mm-hmm. which was such a weird justification because I, I i'm sure she doesn't have like a, a strong understanding of like leftist theory but like the whole idea of decommodifying land is to make everyone homeowners Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone can have their fair share. Right, yeah. So it's kind of like, well, I don't know if strongly disagree is really the the answer to go with if your justification is wanting to be a homeowner. So, but you know, I mean, I you know, I'm sure there's more to her politics that made her go that way. So it is regrettable that many personal fortunes are made by people who simply manipulate money and contribute nothing to their society. I'm, I strongly agree with that one myself as well. The the what they call the financialization of our economy has been one of the great fucking catastrophes of our time, as far as I'm concerned. The only time where I have cheered for people making money has been the <laughs> recent uh, GameStop shenanigans with the yeah. stocks. Yeah, for sure. Outside of that, though, and that's because, you know, it costs head fungers so much money themselves. Yeah, for sure. I feel that one. Protectionism is sometimes necessary in trade. So I didn't actually know what that was. I think I'm going to Google it here, but uh, the understanding I've gotten of it uh, recently is that it's talking about, like, tariffs. Like, kind of like... Um, Basically, like, fucking over other countries in trade to help your own, I think, is kind of the idea there. I would disagree with that, then. And this says, so it says, the theory or practice of shielding a country's domestic industries from foreign competition by taxing imports. Yeah, I I personally disagree with that. Which disagree did you go with? I'm going to go with this... Not the strongly disagree, just with the normally disagree. Yeah, that's kind of where uh, I am too. Because here, so my thought process for it is I can see where in a certain society where you're in a, at, you haven't fully been able to transfer to a state that can be completely reliant on. Um, Sorry, this is hard for me to try and formulate what I'm thinking exactly because I know what I want to say, but it's one of those things where I'm not completely sure how to put my words. The big sticking point for me on this one, like an earlier question, is the word sometimes. Yes. Because I'm just like, well, I'm sure there's some sort of situation where, where even though this may not be ideal, it could be potentially justified. Like that probably exists. That's that's basically what I was trying to say, that there would be a point in time where even if you were moving away towards a better system, this might be necessary for a short period of time in that kind of transitional phase. The only social responsibility of a company should be to deliver a profit to its shareholders. Huh, Ishida, I wonder what you could possibly think about this one. So... (laughs) 
this is another one where I'm going to fucking be pedantic and you're going to be like, really? Because <laughs> I'm kind of sitting here looking at and I'm like, I mean, that is the only responsibility of a company in the world we exist in. But it's a social responsibility. Well, yeah, but do corporations have social responsibility? I mean, they definitely should. It says should. The word should's in there. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. On this one, I strongly, how's it worded? The only social responsibility is strongly disagree. Almost, you, you almost got your pedantic argument in there, but not this time. I almost did. It's because it has the word should. Because I'm sitting here like, well, that literally is what they exist for. But I understand. Even, even when they do good things, that's kind of the part. It's still a little bit of a sticking point for me. Just the fact that like, even when these companies do good things, it's because in the end it affects their bottom line. Like, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you know. So, <laughs> that next one, oh boy. <laughs> The rich are too highly taxed. <laughs> Strongly disagree. <laughs> I pay more in taxes, making only thirty five hundred last year than most all billionaires do, and a lot of millionaires. That's fucking crazy. Uh, so I, I don't think there's really any discussion for us on that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think we're probably going to have any on the next one either, honestly. Those with the ability to pay should have access to higher standards of medical care. Strongly disagree. Same. The only have- the only pedantic thing I could possibly have for that one is that I feel that more of us should be included in the group of those with the ability to pay. <laughs> yes. That should, be, <laughs> that should be everyone. But yeah. Absolutely. I strongly disagree with that one. Governments should penalize businesses that mislead the public. This is an interesting one. So before I hear your take on it, I'm not going to say which one I am leaning towards. But here's the argument that I could see for either side. And that's, A, what side of the government gets to dictate what is misleading because you could easily look at leftists and say, you know, look at the red scare as a negative effect of this. But then also you could look at something like I mentioned earlier, Facebook during the election time and see at the same time, how that is actively warping public opinion on things that are genuinely false information. Yeah. And that's my thing is also like, um, it's also just the fact the word, the word they use the word government. And being um, at at least somewhat anarchist, like my hope is that someday we don't have that. But so I also make a distinction between government and the state because like government to me, I mean, you know, like are the guys working on the roads government or the guys cleaning the parks government? Like I think we need things that could be called government, but more the state because I know people use those words interchangeably. So I'm kind of reading it as the state should penalize businesses and like, I don't want there to be a state at all. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go ahead and hit strongly agree on it because I think that in a situation in where there is a government or a state, they should be looking out for people. And I'm going to just take it as actually mislead the public because your point is good, but I'm also just kind of the way I'm reading it is, is like if they've, um, I guess the way I'm looking at it is more like false advertising kind of thing. Like, I gotcha. Well, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned it because I also strongly agree as well. Right on. So 
Our last question for this page is a genuine free market requires restrictions on the ability of predator multinationals to create monopolies. And I strongly agree with that one as well. Do you have any thoughts on that one or I do not. Okay. So, uh, are you on page three now? I am. Okay. So the first question on page three is, Abortion, when the woman's life is not threatened, should always be illegal. I mean, that's a very, very strongly disagree on my end. <laughs> yes, as well, yeah. I didn't think that one needed any sort of questions on it. So our uh, our next one is, all authority should be questioned, which I all, I strongly agree with that one. I do too as well. Um, here's a quick question just to kind of put it out there. Would you count... Um, in the word authority, would you count, uh, quote unquote, authorities on subjects like, say, scientists, scientists think, on science? I, so here's I, that's a good question. And to answer your question, I would say yes. But the people who question them should be people who know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily that as a common citizen, I can walk up to a scientist and say, Oh, Hey, why, you know, explain what your reasoning is for this, because I don't believe you. Even if they try and explain it to me, I don't have the intellect to understand where they're coming from. I think that's kind of a responsibility that falls into the people in their field. And it's kind of a situation where we all where we're at need to be questioning the authority that's delivered to us, you know, yeah. whether it be in our direct field or just in everyday life. And I, I don't think when this question says all authority should be questioned, it's saying in a rude or disrespectful way, but rather should this, does this person have the capacity to lead? Does this person have the responsibility, the qualifications is what they're saying just you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. And that's, I think we're on the same page here. My thing is that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say like go face to face asking a scientist, but I, I think that even if you're a layman, if a scientist says something that you have doubts about, I think that, uh, it is totally something you should do to go do your own research. Now that can go horribly wrong as we can see <laughs> some of these, but I don't really think that a lot of those movements have actually done research so much as just, found groups of people that share their same doubt and they've all like kind of gotten a bubble together, like for mm-hmm. like flat earthers and things like that. You know what I mean? But I, yeah. I, I completely support the idea of, of not just taking authority at its word. So the next one is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I personally disagree with this. I don't know. Let's see. So my, my personal reason is I think always going an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. There, there are times where you should do that, and there are definitely instances where that's necessary. However, I know that there are times where someone might lash out, and it's a more appropriate response to take the blunt of that hit and keep things calm and then explain like, hey, this happened – 
you know, but we, we need to settle down and calm down here because otherwise it's just going to keep escalating things. Yeah. I, I did strongly disagree as well. And it's, I have one little foot footnote on it and that's that um, the only time that I would agree with that statement is in a, uh, an immediate sense. If someone's actively trying to kill you or just killed someone standing next to you and you, oh, yeah. and you have the ability to kill them. Yeah. Go ahead and kill them back. But outside of the immediate sense, I would say that I'm always one for re- rehabilitative justice rather than retributional justice. So. I agree. All right. Taxpayers should not be expected to prop up any theaters or museums that cannot survive on a commercial basis. I personally strongly disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that as well because things like art and things like that should be available to people even if they're not currently doing great um, via the market. Well, and it's also the kind of thing where once you start getting a commercial basis involved into art, then it, I won't say it completely dysentery disintegrates the merit or value of said art, but it can definitely become intertwined with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this next one's interesting. Um, Schools should not make classroom attendance compulsory. Hmm. Just a quick uh, note. We are getting, it's past 1150. Um, what are you wanting to do as far as uh, time goes? I mean, do you want to finish this or should we like record it on two separate nights or, I mean. If you would be okay with recording a little bit more of it tomorrow, I would be just fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, so let's, you want to like finish this page out and then we can like. I was going to say. Okay. And I, I wish we could save our answers, but I guess we'll. It's not real important when we end up with the the end anyway, so. All right, so schools should not make classroom attendance compulsory. I, see, I kind of struggle with this question because when they say classroom attendance and compulsory, my questions that are brought up are, do you mean classroom attendance in the literal sense of a classroom? And by compulsory... Do you mean that there's a they only have a certain amount of times that they can miss? Or you by this question say or not by this question? Well, yeah, I guess this excuse me. It's it's a little bit late. I'm a little bit tired. Yeah. Uh, by this question, are you asking if students should have to be in some form of schooling? Because if it's the first thing that I asked, then I would say no. But if it's the latter and that students should have some form of schooling, then I definitely agree. Yeah. see, that's, see, it's, this one's hard for me as well, because we can see out in the real world, the effects of this compulsory attendance, because this is actually like hurt a lot of like families. There's like parents that have gone to jail because their kids weren't going to school and things like that. Huh? I said, we're looking at you, Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, on that end, I'm like, well, I don't like that at all. But on the other hand, it's like, uh, you know, people need an education. That's something I definitely support. So I don't I don't know. Uh, did you answer it yet? I'm going with a soft agree. Okay. Uh, 
but it, it, it's I, it's very neutral for me, and I think it's only because I don't know what the rest of the criteria for the question is. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm literally so out on like a not knowing where I want to go with this one. That I'm literally doing soft degree, literally just off you giving that answer. That's I don't <laughs> I don't know where to, I don't know where I stand on that one. Actually, that's a that's a hard one for me. So same. Okay, so the next one is all people have their rights but it is better for all of us that different sorts of people should keep to their own kind. Wow. I am going to strongly disagree on that one. Very much so. That's not where I thought that question was going to go. <laughs> no, not at all. God, I'm almost like, almost like got that like liberal, like offense meter going off in my head from just <laughs> the term their own kind. I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> How could and you say Pearls have appeared and you were clutching them. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Uh, good parents sometimes have to spank their children. So, <laughs> I personally going to disagree with this. Soft disagree? I'm going to strongly disagree. Okay. And I, I can tell you why if you want to tell, unless you want to tell yours first. So this one, this is actually a somewhat hard one for me because I've always, uh, I, I'm just going to put it, be real about it. I'm just going to say this honestly. I've always been on the wrong side of this debate because like most of my life, I've always felt that there's still, there's situations where you, where this is necessary. I was, I was raised that way. You know what I mean? I was spanked and like, I, I, I feel that I turned out all right, but I mean, that's kind of the go-to thing. And like looking at the research on it and letting the authorities uh, say their part on it, it seems that all evidence points to this not helping at all. So, yeah. so I'm going to go against all my anarchist values and just kind of uh, go with what the, the experts have said on this. And I'm going to strongly disagree as well. But, but had I been asked this question even one year ago, I probably would have been on the complete opposite end with my answer. So here is my take on this question. For a very long time, I was on the I, just a slight agree side because, you know, my mom spanked me when I was a young child, but it was, you know, more of just like a, a pop on the butt with the back of her hand, not like a real spanking. But later on in life, when I got to be an older child into a young preteen, I got spanked by a step-parent with a very large wooden paddle, and it was very traumatic. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where I, you know, it crosses that line. And obviously they're very different things, whereas we're talking about the first one. I don't – it's weird because I, it made me think – I've read something similar to you where I, I've never – think of a time where if my mom had just taken some time to talk to me about why I was upset even as a kid or try and understand rather than just spanking me to stop being you know whether I was being a little bit naughty or spoiled you know I probably would have stopped acting out and I think that's the big thing for me obviously you don't always want to spoil your child but I think that normally you can figure out why they're acting out and that i mean obviously i don't have kids so yeah. i can't 100 <laughs> that's another thing that kind of uh hurts it because it's like i don't have kids either and i don't really know you know the whole thing but it's 
But it, it does use the term have to. That's the thing. And, like, I think this is one of those things where people go with their gut instinct and then they go back mentally and justify it. And mm-hmm. an interesting take I heard on it, um, obviously not everyone who is who agrees with this has been spanked, not 100%, but a lot of the people who agree with it have been spanked. And an interesting take I heard is that they don't want to accept that their parents were wrong in doing that to them. Right. And I, I can see that. I can see that because I have memories of being like spanked. My, my mom, my mom was too weak to spank me in any way it mattered, but my dad could like, he could put the hurting on me sometime. And like, you know, it's, it is kind of a painful thing to be like, man, he was probably, he probably didn't need to do that. He was probably mm-hmm. just acting out of anger. You know what I mean? But, right. it, but to be fair, um, there were points in my life where my dad even like, apologized to me about about it he didn't he didn't like plan to like stop disciplining me that way but he came to me a couple times and said i think that a couple times i've done this out of anger and i need to do it out of uh uh discipline rather than out of anger you know what i mean and so like even he has said that that it was out of anger at points so i mean you know i'm going to strongly disagree with that one and I have recently changed my mind on it, and that's about everything I had to say about it. Nice. All right, so the next one is, it's natural for children to keep some secrets from their parents. I'll let you answer this one first. I'm going to strongly agree with that because, like, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think we all keep secrets from authority, right? That's... I mean, that's, that's very, especially, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily as common for like young children, but especially when you start to getting, being a, um, you know, yeah. the late years of being a child into your preteens, I think it's very natural to start keeping some secrets from your parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think a better question is, uh, is, you know, uh, God, how would I even word it? Basically the idea I'm thinking is like, should parents try to find out what those secrets are or should they keep their nose out of it? I think is a more interesting question, but we can get into well, that. Another time. that question then? Uh, oh, um, sorry. You brought it up. Now I want to know. God, I'm really half and half on it because like, I wouldn't want to just like let my kid be out doing like everything without me. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Cause I think, yes, I think that, you need to give your children their privacy to uh, some extent, an extent that goes further and further the older they get. But like, I think there are certainly situations where the right thing to do is to step in and find out what's going on. If that makes sense. Right. I, I very much agree with that where, you know, as they get older, you want to give them more of the benefit of the doubt. And you kind of have to just let the reins go and say, you know, I have done my best to raise them to make the best decisions possible at any given point in time. And me intruding into situations routinely will only make it worse and it will break my child's trust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and on the note of secrets we keep from our parents, the next question is, Possessing marijuana for personal use should not be a criminal offense, with which I strongly disagree. Lock all those fucking potheads up. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> on the heads of my uh, <laughs> my step parent, I was told at the age of fourteen that if I ever got caught smoking weed, I would immediately be reported to the police and sent to jail. So, yeah, that's that's <laughs> something you want to use against your child, right there. Jesus, exactly. I'm going to call the authorities on you. What the fuck? Yeah, so uh, I strongly agree that possessing marijuana should not be a criminal offense. Same. All right. The prime function of schooling should be to equip the future generation to find jobs. I strongly disagree with this one. Really? You strongly disagree with it? Here's why. So to me, and I, I think I might be reading a little bit into this question a little too much, but when I hear the prime function schooling should be to equip the future generation to find jobs, what that tells me is that we should be looking for everyone to be as employable as possible. And I don't think that's necessarily the case where I think schooling should be to a help us learn intellectually but also b to be able to be self-sufficient in our society now an aspect of that should definitely be to find jobs but i don't necessarily think that's the prime function is to be able to find a job and that's the thing that's my issue with the question is is the prime function part so i do disagree but i'm going to do a soft disagree because um there are ways in which I would I think school could better help people not necessarily find jobs, but prepare people for um oh how do I want to put this? I, I don't want to say this wrong. I, I think school could be better at preparing us to be a functioning part of our society. Of like doing our part to because I mean, even in the perfect world, I mean, that's one thing that like a lot of people think that like socialism is all about like people wanting free shit, not not pulling their weight when it's really like the opposite. It's all about all of us wanting to come together and like keep our society running and not just doing it for the profit of some rich ghouls, as Thought Slime likes to put it. Um, well, it's funny whenever someone says, you know, oh, well, you just want free things, because what that tells me is that given the opportunity, that's what you would want to do. And I, there, there are certainly people out there like, yeah, I never want to be employed. Don't get me wrong. I never want to be employed, but I still want to be able to contribute to my community and to the society around me. And that I don't I think that that doesn't necessarily mean I need to work eight hours you know, or eight days, uh, eight days. I really <laughs> tired. <laughs> Five days a week for 40 hours a week at some dead end job. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, a CEO just sits and rakes up money for doing nothing. You know what I mean? Do you mind if I give you like a quick hypothetical and see what you think about it? Sure. So let's say that we've, uh, we've achieved, the utopia or close to it. We're living in a stateless, classless society. Um, we haven't quite reached the post job world. You know, everything hasn't been automated away, but everyone's doing their part in, uh, and, you know, keeping society running. If you're good at this, you're doing this. If you're good at that, you're doing that. Yada, yada, yada. So let's say if in that society, wouldn't it be a good part of the education process to help children, growing children, find out what it is that they operate best at, that they could 
use as their way of contributing to society. I think that's okay to do as long as it's not uh, making making them. Yeah. Like, so I, the way that you are asking this question, I'm assuming, is, you know, obviously you want to find what people are naturally good at yeah. and be able to refine that. And I think that's a-okay and should definitely be done as long as it's also what the child is interested in doing. You know, we don't want to force someone into doing something just because it's what they're best at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily fair. Yeah, I definitely don't mean it in a way of being like, oh, I noticed you did really good on the (laughs) digging test. So, so now you're, now you're a digger, <laughs> like, you know, that's not how I mean it, but yeah, yeah. So I just, I just wanted to put that out there cause I thought maybe it'd be an interesting little. Yeah, thing. no, I definitely agree with that. It's the kind of thing where it, if someone is interested, we should definitely foster their natural abilities whenever possible, but we're not trying to min max society at the same time. Yep. I agree with that as well. So I went soft disagree on that one. The next one is people with serious inheritable disabilities should not be allowed to reproduce, which I strongly disagree with. I do as well. I don't think we need to discuss eugenics to any degree. So the (laughs) the most important thing for children to learn is to accept discipline. I strongly disagree with that. (laughs) I strongly disagree with that as well. Jesus, I might say the most important thing for children to learn is to, I, I don't know, never mind, never mind. But. To reject authority. No, I, I do think that one of the best things that you can teach a child is to not reject authority outright, but question it. Yeah, you know, question yeah never thing. take anything, just never believe something just because someone says it to you, ever. It's not... And that includes me. Like, if I was, like, talking to my child, I'd say, question everything people tell you, including what I tell you. <laughs> like, just question it all. Not in a, not in a, I, do, I think you're lying to me way, but, like, a, I'm going to find out for my own. If, if you have questions about it, follow those questions. You know, there's a reason your mind presented them to you, so. Exactly. So here's an interesting one for you. There are no savaged and civilized people. There are only different cultures. I find that agreeable. I uh, I do as well. The interesting take I've heard on this question is, uh, is what do you define as savage and civilized peoples? Because, like, so here's the idea. So you hear the story of, like, the conquistadors showing up in South America and, like, wiping out, um, would it be the Aztecs or the Mayans? Are you good with history? I suck at it. I used to be good at history, but I haven't touched a history book in almost 10 years. So, Well, whichever one it is, the Aztecs or the Mayans, someone, I'm sure someone will listen to this and be like, it's it's the Mayans, you fucking idiot. But like, so, uh, and the uh, person will be like, oh, that guy's an idiot. It's fucking Aztecs. Anyway, we'll, just, we'll just say, we'll say the Native Americans and Christopher Columbus. The idea, the way we're taught it is that Christopher Columbus and his people, they're the civilized one and the Native Americans are the savages. But I would say it's it's reversed from that. Like the oh, Europeans very. are the fucking savages. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but even then, even then I still strongly agree with the question because of the way it's worded, because I still think that that's a popular culture. I don't think it's an essentialist thing where 
Europeans are just naturally evil warmongers. I think it's the way their culture developed and the way things right. happen, you know. So I, I still agree with the with the point being made there. All right. So the next one, those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not expect society's support. I don't know. This this might be a controversial take for me, but I do agree with that. Because I again, the reason being it specifies those who are able to work. And when I think of work, I don't necessarily think of, you know, everyone needs to be out doing manual labor, but everyone needs to be contributing to society if they are able to. And if they refuse to, then they should not expect other people. I mean, obviously they will still get other people's help because of the way society would be ideally set up, but I don't think they should necessarily expect it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I actually agree as well. And the reason um, we get to go into Matt's theory corner tonight. So uh, in The Conquest of Bread by Peter Kropotkin, uh, there's a part in it about uh, what he calls the unwilling, the people unwilling to work. They're not disabled or anything like that. They just don't want to work. So let's say your commune has several people in it who are just like, no, fuck you guys. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit in the house, yada, yada, yada. So the way he says it in that, the way the way he presents the idea is that they would still be provided the basic necessities of life. They would get a house. They'd get food. They'd get water, whatever else we decide is necessary for a person to live. I mean, maybe we'll decide, you know, internet, transportation, whatever the society decides is necessary. Those people get that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But in the case that we run into a shortage where everyone can't get stuff, those people are the first ones to lose it. They're yeah. the first ones we'd stop taking care of in a situation where we did not have enough to go around. And I think that that makes perfect sense. I think that that's a completely acceptable way to do it. I think it would be kind of, beastly if we lived in a world where things weren't commodified if we had enough food for them to like not let them eat but if we don't have enough food sorry guys you could be working on your weight then yeah so i agree as well cool um we're almost done here so when you are troubled it's better not to think about it but to keep busy with more cheerful things i'm interested Ooh. in hearing your take on that one so this is a very interesting question because it can go one of two ways now so i don't know if you know this but i have some serious issues with anxiety and so when i think of this question when i think of when you old it could either mean in a short term or a long-term sense yeah now, if you're thinking in the short term, it's better to acknowledge what you're feeling troubled about and work through it and acknowledge that it's there rather than ignoring it because then it will turn into something long term. But if you're talking about a long term issue where you were consistently having, you know, depression and anxiety and there's not really anything you can do about it, I still think it's important to acknowledge that, but also if you're just going to go off the deep end because you're constantly, you know, thinking about this negative thing, then it is better to keep yourself busy with more cheerful things. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, uh, 
My big thing on this one is um, it says when you are troubled, and it's very not specific about it. And mm-hmm. part of that to me, this reads like that situation where um, like Jordan Peterson tells people to ignore like the issues with society until their house is in order or whatever. And I, I kind of get a lot of that energy from this question. So I, I do disagree with it because um, I think part of it is kind of like when you see injustice, you know, do you just like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just think about happy things. and Yeah, no, it's I, when you paint it in that light, I think it's a very like middle class liberal thing to think about. Yeah. Like, oh, wow this is so bad. So I'm just not going to think about it because it doesn't affect me. It's kind of the, uh, Biden became president. So now everything's back to normal, quote unquote. Yep. So yeah, on that one, I'm going to disagree. Same. Next one is first generation immigrants can never be fully integrated within their new country. That one's interesting to me or weird to me. I would actually say, because I don't know how you would define fully integrated. I also don't know what you mean by, oh, I guess first generation makes sense because I was thinking uh, a couple with a young child, but then I was like, that would still be, the child would be the second generation. Yeah, so that's first generation topic. means like they moved here from yes. somewhere else, which uh, if they moved here as a child, then I would probably think that they can, but But, like, I mean, an adult moves to another country. I don't know if if they would ever be, quote-unquote, fully integrated. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's funny. I'm in a group chat with some people, and a lot of them have European parents, and they talk about how, you know, some of the things that they do or say are still very much from the culture that they grew up in like the old country and so on and so forth so when i think about it from that perspective um i would softly agree on it but at the same time i I just don't really know because that's the only kind of perspective i have into this kind of um question yeah and see yeah that's that now you're saying it that way i already kind of wanted to soft agree but when you put it that way like I definitely do because I've known a lot of uh, second generation immigrants from uh, from Asia, mainly Vietnam, but a few from like Cambodia and other places. And their their parents are very much still like very culturally tied to the country they came from. So, oh, yeah. so, so yeah, I think I'm going to soft agree on that one. <laughs> Well, this next one's a good chuckle. What's good for the most <laughs> successful corporations is always, ultimately, good for all of us. Well, I 100% strongly agree with this because I believe in trickle-down economics <laughs> and that Ronald Reagan will give me a nice pat on the back and he will repair the boots that I have pulled up by my bootstraps. Our Lord and Savior, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> May we all pass on his grave. And the final one for tonight is, which uh, just just to be clear, I, I'm pretty sure you actually strongly disagreed on that one. Just for the oh, listeners yeah, no, at I, home, I in case disagree. they didn't, in case they didn't catch the sarcasm there. But uh, <laughs> no broadcasting institution, however independent its content, should receive public funding. Huh. 
I do you want to hear my take or do you want to answer this first? I, I yeah, please do. I strongly disagree with this uh, because I think of I mean obviously NPR and PBS are not perfect by any means like by any means at all but i think about how many and even myself kids growing up would not have television if it weren't for the basic cable stations that were you know paid for by the public yeah and because there are so many poor families that can't afford to buy or pay for uh, any kind of broadcasting and so they only absorb the free stuff and so I think taking away that just because it's not as purely independent as possible is uh, very bad. That's just my take on it, though. Right on. And that's the end of page three. And I've kind of decided, like, looking at how long we have recorded here, that maybe instead of uh, recording two of these and jamming them together, how about we leave everyone on a cliffhanger and make this a two-parter? Oh, that's a good idea. So we'll do that. So uh, so all you guys are getting your first cliffhanger of the leftover ramen season. Um, <laughs> where will it go from here? What will happen on pages two and one? Or four and five? five? Never mind. <laughs> we're about halfway through. We actually had three pages left, huh? So, yeah, we're perfectly halfway through. That'll be a good stopping point. Um, I did want to... Uh, plug our pluggables real quick i think we should be doing that so everyone listening you should go follow us on twitter at left ramen pod you should give us five stars on apple Podcasts. you should do whatever the equivalent is on everything else that has podcasts <laughs> on it and uh did you want to uh you can go let's um i think we can plug our personal stuff too you want to plug like your twitch stream and uh, yeah, you can go ahead and plug yours first, just because I don't actually remember exactly what my name well, is I for Twitter. I haven't made, I haven't put out no new music in a few months, but you guys can go listen to my music at soundcloud.com slash Ashita. That's I-S-H-1-D-A. You can find me at ashita.bandcamp.com where you can buy my entire discography for like $9. And, uh... Basically, uh, you should steal all my music. If you go to my SoundCloud, you can pull If you type like SoundCloud to MP3 into Google, it'll give you like a website where you can just steal everything I've ever made. So please do that. What a wonderful comrade. <laughs> so if you're going to want to follow more of my entertainment, I stream at Twitch three times a week. And my stream is www.twitch.tv slash ethereal trickster and then you can also shoot me a follow on twitter on my personal twitter if you'd like and that's at trickster f and and one more thing is just uh for you personally we'll leave this in here so people can hold me to it but there was a song i started working on like a year ago called the trickster i i'm gonna have to finish it and you can use it as like a an opening theme Oh, that would be amazing. Stuff. So actually, it's very inspired by Persona 5, too, so I know you'd love it because, you know, Jack would be awesome. the trickster and all that. So, All right, well, uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one for the Jujutsu Kaisen discussion and hopefully on the next one after that where we'll finish this test. Bye. Bye. Bye.